No spoilers. <laughs> live in live in quarantine is so exciting. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so many great things. Oof. You know, can't can't wait for that. Exciting part of my day. Anyways, let's go back to the film us. Vida Nyong'o is a simply stunning individual. Oh yeah. Um yeah, since we're talking about Lubita Nyong'o, she is amazing in this film, and one of the main reasons it works is, is just, she's so great. Mm. Um, and you kind of start getting it more now that you see her in the double role, which is kind of what she's doing. She's playing two parts, and uh, yeah, her performance as Red is is really something special. Um, she definitely has the most to do in terms of the the tethered, as they're called. We don't know that yet, but we're gonna call them that anyway, just to make it easier. My notes are full of like double names. It's yeah, it's confusing. We're just gonna call them tethered. And yeah, Red has you know the tethered the, the the tethered version of Addy has like the most stuff to do and actual dialogue and like stuff she actually has to act. And uh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of special. I think it's very very interesting. There's a feature on the Blu-ray which is advertised as like the outtakes of Lupita Nyong'o's performance as Red like never before seen and it's just like stuff in between takes because you know she she went uh, all Stanislavski on this one and she you know didn't come out like you know she was she stayed in uh, in part through the whole shoot so when she was playing Red she was just Red all the time so yeah so it's basically a bunch of boring footage of her uh, talking in a weird voice in between takes it's really boring Um, (laughs) that's terrible uh, really big disappointment, but anyways, they had, <laughs> I guess they had to advertise it somehow. It's, it's not the know. fun outtakes you were expecting. Lapita, we're disappointed in you. Get better at acting. How dare! Even in jest. Do not speak ill of Lapita. I really, I also really enjoyed, um, I think that Shahadi, uh, Shahadi Wright Joseph does a really good job. She's She plays mm-hmm. Zora and Umbre. Oh yeah. Uh, which is Very the daughter. I think she would be like the second best tether, if not like, or tethered. If not kind of like parallel, it's a very different performance, but yeah. I think her performance is like really, really good. It's like sort of a classic horror um, predator performance. I thought it was really, really good. Definitely. Yeah. And also as Zora, her. she's very good too. She plays a, she plays a good, um, you know, terrified horror movie victim, but who's also stepping got, up. Yeah, exactly. She's ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it, I think in this yeah. film, it's very much like the women are the powerful ones. Mm. True. Yeah. And, the dad and doesn't a, really do much. Yeah. yeah and, but even for the tethered as well. Um, yeah, you know, for no, the well, especially for the tethered, yeah, yeah, for the tethered, uh, like honestly. the dad is sort of just, just sort of like the the muscle, sort of that traditional like stereotype of the muscle who kind of doesn't can't talk or doesn't talk much, doesn't have much intelligence to say, and it's just also not big, very good at being the muscle. Yeah, that yeah, that too. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> as being the muscle. So yeah, they have a little conversation, which is pretty cool. Um, and Gabe asks at one point, "Who are you, people?" Which is great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fun, fun line of dialogue from Gabe there. And, Classic uh, yeah, Gabe. Red, what do you expect? Yeah, and Red says, uh, "We are Americans," which is a wonderful. I think that's the first twist of the film because, like, you've seen the trailer and, like, you know it's going to happen up to this point. Kind of the trailer kind of gives it away. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't give away that we are Americans part. And when she says that, when I was watching it in the cinema, I was like, "Oh." That's a, that's a statement. <laughs> yeah, it it says like an awful that. lot more about the, the the deeper thematic elements of the film. Yeah. Than any other like, um, actual line does. Yeah, 
It's not like she doesn't even say we're humans. She specifically says we're Americans. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. Like when I was watching it for the first time, especially like right away, kind of gives me that kind of idea of like, oh, so those guys are like, um, you know, maybe like the rednecks or like you know a part of America you don't really talk about that kind of comes out from somewhere and they're exactly like you, but <laughs> but you try not to talk about them or mention them, and they're there and they're like, no, we're Americans, you know. Look, we got scissors. We're gonna cut you up. But, but, but I think that you can't ignore the the more not fun um, part of it being like you know white Americans versus black Americans and the you know that for so long the the black side of America was pushed down and you know not allowed to step up to the same plate as the the white Americans were. And being able to say, like, we're Americans, being able to say, like, you know, we deserve to be here just as much as you deserve to be here. Definitely, yeah. And, like, even though, you know, we didn't ask to be here, we didn't ask Mm -hmm. to be part of this whole thing, but we're here now, and we we deserve to have our time in the sunlight. And I think, um, I was talking to Abby's boyfriend about it yesterday, um, about, like, the um viewing it as a as a as a white person is so different to viewing it as a black person sure you know and like for for some people and parker said like specifically for like white people watching it it's kind of like it's almost threatening and you get that link of the threatening to like white people being scared of the black people rising up to mm-hmm. take you know, control of what white people have always controlled, and that and treating them like they've been treating them, us versus them. That whole that whole mm-hmm. idea of it. Um, but then, from a from a black perspective, it's 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 actually it's more about everything else involved in it. The fear is on like a white identity more so than on a black identity. The fear for for um, black viewers is different than the fear yeah. is for white viewers. And I think that that's something that we can't, like we ourselves obviously can't quite experience, but I think it's important to to bear in mind and be aware of. Because it's, it's, it's a level that we don't really, we don't get in a lot of horror. Not that I watch a lot of horror, but, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, I've watched three, four horror films now. <laughs> Okay. Well, Maybe. that's not something. <laughs> you're moving zero. on off. I am. Um, I'm getting better, guys. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, horror historically has not really delved into those issues that much. Um, and it started changing a little bit. And we had some stuff. And we had some films. Um, and we had the whole black exploitation movement that, you know, uh, that's a complicated movement. But it did have some horror films. And it did offer, you know, somehow a different perspective on, on it. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's a lot of truth in saying that, you know, Jordan Peele has a, a new voice in that specific way of like, yeah, the way he talks about it is, is different and, you know, for, for, uh, white people, um, it might be a different experience and definitely is. And I think as us goes on and like, as the film kind of continues, the, the racial elements of it become more prominent and you, I think, pay more attention to them. Um, at the beginning, you know, it's not that clear, but I think as you kind of gain more context and yeah, the, the police stuff keeps coming back, uh, the underground stuff keeps coming back, the whole puppetry thing, 
the whole you know one soul being controlled by something else thing yeah yeah it's definitely there um and obviously like i i'm not you know i don't know how it feels like to watch that uh as a as a black person or a person of color but you know i i'm sure it's like it's impossible to ignore you know there are some people that said that you know that us is not as much about race as get out was but i don't really think that's true it's just differently presented um you know it's 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 less overt maybe um, yeah because yeah and get out it's like yeah you just you just can't ignore it there's you know it's impossible for you to ignore it and us i guess you could if you're not paying attention yeah yeah i'd agree i think there's also um like in comparing it to like race relations i think that you can see it as like the, the tethered are like slaves to the people on the surface because they have to in, in a certain way like they they do whatever the people on the surface do um, there's an interesting quote here that Jordan Peele says where he's basically saying that one of the central themes in us is that we can do a good job collectively of ignoring the ramifications of privilege. I think it's the idea that what we feel like we deserve comes, you know, at the expense of someone else's freedom or joy. Uh, the biggest disservice we can do as a faction with a collective privilege like the United States is to presume that we deserve it and that it isn't luck that has brought that has us born where we're born. For us to have privilege, someone suffers. That's where the tethered connection, I think, resonates the most. Is that those who suffer and those who prosper are two sides of the same coin. You can never forget that. We need to fight for the less fortunate. So it's basically saying yeah, that, like, that on the featurette. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's like saying that in order for you to have your privilege, so in order for the people on the surface to have their privilege, the people on the tethered people are suffering. And I mean, yeah. you can draw that back straight to like slavery with like you know the white slave owners and i guess whoever like lived on their state i don't know um the white slave owners had the privilege of having slaves and people to do everything for them but with that came the very direct thing of like this the people who were their slaves were so much less fortunate and were like really marginalized because of how that all began absolutely and yeah. and, the, and the thing as well of being like you know the tethered it's not that they don't have free will because they they do because you know they're able to then rise up but it's the okay but like we're stuck down here what else are we gonna do but just go through the motions and the thing is as well is that's important to note that like the tether don't go through the motions in the same way that they do on the surface like they're not doing the exact same thing mm. they're doing the like physical act like you know they're well, turning well, they're yeah. dancing or whatever but like they don't look happy about it they're, you know, kind of re- really disturbed looking. Like, I know there's a bit where <clears throat> where Addie's dad is giving her the Thriller t-shirt. And on the surface, he's, like, just doing, like, a genuine, like, dad smile, I guess. And the tethered version is doing, like, a really disturbed smile. Um, yeah. And we'll so come there's, back to that scene because it's interesting. Yeah, um, so there's there's all that kind of... There's the, the way that they're doing it underground is is a lot different. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically at this point in time, though, I just want, I also want to mention that the, the kids, the tethered, the, the tethered kid's name, the boy, his name is Pluto. That's a reference to the Hills of Eyes. Uh, thank you for your attention. Uh, now the film, uh, it's also a reference in... to the Disney dog. Uh, it's also a reference to the Forgotten Planet. Rest in peace, Pluto. No, but in the Hills have Eyes, Pluto is like the <laughs> part of the, like, uh, crazy family that lives in the hills that that eats people 
Ooh. And uh, he's also like disfigured, and he's kind of the the kid of the family somehow. He's like the most like naive one. Um, yeah. But when you think so of it as like well, perils. the you know Pluto is a child of Red, and we learn that Red is actually Addy, and Addy, her last view of the real world was as a child. She would have been consuming Disney, so Pluto. I think, I mean, I th- if we're giving them the agency to name their own children. She did. She said, I named him Pluto. Oh, you're right. Well, she, didn't she name her husband as well? Didn't she name mm-hmm. her husband Abraham? Yeah. But then hold on. But like Umbra being the daughter's name, you can't. Like, where'd you hear that? Like a misheard uh, Mexican slang. Okay, anyways, uh, <laughs> oh, <I'm sure> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so the film kind of takes off at this point, and for like the next hour, you're gonna get a bunch of slasher shit. And I'm obs- it's awesome. It's great. It's awesome. I'm I'm so up for it. It's like you know this thematically um, rich film with lots of stuff happening. There's a f- fucking chunk now once kind of the the cards are down we're like okay those are the people um and now there's a fight scene and the fight scene takes a really long time and then right after that fight scene we're gonna have another fight scene it's gonna take another long time and then we're gonna get back to explaining some stuff and there's some stuff happening in between the fight scenes that kind of gives you more information a little bit but it's really not that much it's like it's a lot of it is just kind of supposed to be fun it's not even scary it's fun. Mm. It's like slasher kind of, yeah, run around a little bit home invasion, but like mostly just like old school kind of, um, yeah, run around hide fight thing. Um, yeah. So at first it's like everybody's paired up with their double. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Nora is running away and uh, her double is chasing her. Um, Gabe is out to his boat to fight with uh, Abraham um, and the, the two boys are, are have a little thing in the in the cupboard and they establish sort of a relationship with each other I guess as the only doubles that do that I guess except for Red and Addy. Well I think that comes down to as well um, because Red has kind of triggered the revolt in the first way, in the first place like she's triggered the untethering it's all her doing I think there's probably the degree of like she's been able to educate like Umbra and Gabe and um, being able to kind of, I guess, um, she's been able to like make them more extremist or whatever. Um, mm. So she's been able to do that. But Pluto is younger and given by the fact that Pluto goes around acting like a dog, you get the impression that there's, you know, a few things not there, perhaps. And so Pluto can still be controlled by Jason who is aptly named because he wears a mask all the time. Um, But so, like, Jason... Jason is able to control Pluto's movements because, I would say, partially because Pluto isn't as intelligent and also because he's younger. Like, he's, he's not as developed. He doesn't have as much of a good idea of, like, what he should and shouldn't do when taken away from the main influence, which is his mum. Like, which is red. That's all I have to say on that. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was a bit of a unclimactic end, but okay. 
Did you know that the guy who plays Artemis Fowl in the Artemis Fowl film is the grandson of the guy who is the Shaco in the water from Jaws? Hazel. Wow, that's something. I know. Anyway, that was just... Apparently there's a Jaw reference in the film. I didn't realize. But that makes sense. That uh, film was getting really bad reviews. That's all I know. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And I'm not a fan of it. It just makes me sad to contemplate. Mm. It's on the level of, of the Avatar movie. And not Avatar by James Cameron, like The Last Airbender. Oh, wow. That's... Uh... It's that level. Wow. Of destroying the bad. source material and being an insult. So there's wow. a great moment where the white family are in the... <laughs> <laughs> Abby's like, well, now I want to get back to the movie. So There's a great moment where... Mm-hmm. So they've got Ophelia, who is like Alexa. And Kitty, who is Elizabeth Moss, they have all just been like stabbed by the tethered. Which and was it? Which was a jump scare moment when the 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 tethered of one of the twins pops up outside the twin. It's like suddenly there's three of them, but no. Do you think that was the triplet? I actually was wondering that for a second. Well, there. maybe it was <laughs> cameo. Uh, um, they didn't even need to do that twice. That was just you know one take. But she she says she's like on the ground. She's like Ophelia, call the police. <laughs> And then I feel it's like, okay, playing Fuck the Police by NWA. <laughs> it's so good. That's pretty great. That right before fun. that, that whole sequence is great. And it's like, yeah, it's mm. purely fun stuff. It's like, yeah, they play Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys before that. And uh, Good Vibrations is another pop song uh, that's very popular and has a very creepy uh, interlude in it. Uh, and a general feeling of dread because they play the ferryman on it. And it's got this whole, ooh. Which is kind of scary. Um, so that's a good use of Good Vibrations too. I love that song. Good Vibrations is great. Um, great. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the whole Ophelia thing. And then we have Fuck the Police by by NWA playing as well to get a little bit more of a comic relief thing going on while people are, are being murdered. Yay. Um, uh, on the topic of uh, Fuck the Police by NWA. Uh, I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, um, fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Yeah. Coming from the underground. That's where they came from. I know. Uh, yeah, guys. there you go. Um, yeah, I'm actually, right you're not wrong. Yeah. Yep. Amen to that. So, uh, yeah, we, we listened to that song. Uh, it's a great song. Of a great record. And, um, yeah, and then we get a bit, bunch more killing. So at this point in time, uh, yeah, Gabe's uh, double is dead. And, uh, yeah, everybody else is still around. But we start getting the idea of, oh, uh, the White family also has their doubles, right? So it's not like only our main characters have doubles. It's like a bigger thing. And, um, yeah, we get a bunch of fun slasher stuff. It's all generally well shot and uh fun and there's not a lot of there's i don't know if there's any cgi but it's it's mostly practical effects not very gory i would say it's not particularly bloody or violent um most of it happens off screen but it is kind of you know um hard hitting maybe in a way the way it's filmed it it, it does feel painful sometimes when people they, they fall off balconies they get stabbed it's it's a good time there's a fun scene. Uh, there's a fun scene where um, Elizabeth Moss's character gets stabbed, 
And then she kind of crawls towards the double of her husband. And she reaches mm-hmm. out her hand. So, and he pretends to grab it. And then does this thing with his hand where he pretends to... I don't know, how do you call that thing? Where he pretends like, to kinda it's come. like to sweep his own hair. Yeah. It's a thing. It, it, it's the, you know, oh, take your hand. Oh, psych, you're too slow. I'm cooler yeah, than you. Psych, yeah. and it's the most yeah, exactly. lame thing you can do. And it just highlights how lame the guy is and how his tethered is just as lame as he is. Yeah, or even lamer. It's even such lamer. a terrible move. Yeah, that, that guy excellent. is yeah, terrible. Comically just terrible. Douchey. Um, or douchey. Yeah, so that's fun. Um, Have you ever Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> you have put some up your booty hole. I'm sorry for her. I don't know what that was, so. <laughs> Fuck the ball, he's coming straight from the underground. So then what <laughs> happens <gross>. is. <laughs> Aww. Now you're back, it's okay. That's not very annoying. Um, you were talking about the yeah, police. Yeah, so the white people do lots of things. That's crazy. Um, Zora kills the girls. Jason kills Elizabeth Moss. And then they watch the news to learn about the current events. Yeah, you just so, skimmed over uh, a lot I, there. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. This is the opposite of our episode with Sonia, where Sonia describes the whole film in two sentences, and we go on. <laughs> and now we do that, and Megan wants to go back and talk in more detail. But go, go for it, Megan. Tell us what you got. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I see, I'm not sure. I know I have things written down. Uh, one, one thing that I think is fun. Um, in general, going mm-hmm. to when uh, Azora is there and knocks your one off the balcony and then goes in and completely like pummels the other tether to death with the with the with the golf stick. What are they called? Go- golf bat. Golf club. Clubs. <laughs> golf club. Yeah, they were in a golf club. Golf and in the club. Stick. In the club, they got a golf bat. They have a golf club. (laughs) She beats her to death with it. And, I mean, I thought, like, in particular, that was, uh, you know, like, the ultimate, I am defending myself, get the hell away from Mm -hmm. my family. And then also, obviously, a a bit of the, you know, she definitely did not get on with the twins, as we could tell earlier. So there is an element of bullying that the twins definitely did that you you can tell from the way they just talk at the beach. Um, and so it's obviously cathartic for her as well to be kind of shutting that down. But also, what I thought was very interesting with her using the the golf club, um, and then in Get Out, um, the main character uh, Chris murders the brother with a golf tee, like the little thing that you stick into the ground. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was very uh, very interesting and like must be so deliberate that they're using like stereotypically white sporting equipment like because golf is like the whitest male sport in the world and like using the equipment of the whitest male sport in the world to come out victorious i thought was particularly good yeah i like that yeah that's true uh, there's like little stuff like that that kind of comes up in the fight scenes that's like referring to what happened before or like to the general feeling of the uh, of the people like the uh, the double of Elizabeth Moss uh, 
takes the scissors and kind of cuts her own face, which seems to relate to the, yeah, which that seems to relate to the plastic surgery bits um, before, and also kind of just looks weird. Uh, Elizabeth Boss, honestly, you know, that's how you use her. You, you take her and you make her do shit like that, and she's amazing. She is. Um, it was a great scene of her putting on the the, the lip gloss and that because it was like you know yeah. even in that kind of tethered world, she. Her, her tethered cares about that while at the same time being completely deranged yeah. and that was very yeah. that was very fun all covered in blood but she's putting on lipstick yes kind of fun yeah. um but yeah they, they, yeah there's a fight scene they they kill them all <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah they they watch the news um and by watching the news you realize that uh, actually um it seems that the whole world is doing this or at least yeah america probably america um because you see a news report of like yeah people in red standing and holding hands that's the first time we see people holding hands just like in that commercial at the beginning Mm -hmm. and yeah those are the doubles in red uh the news people don't know that yet i guess but you know it's general chaos all over america um so for some reason i'm not really sure why oh yeah oh yeah so sorry Uh, addy is like okay let's fucking get out of here and go to mexico which is a, a very american reaction to everything i think yeah, yeah, uh, she's not like it. Yeah, seems to be a very common theme. Um, and Lupita is part Mexican, uh, so maybe there you go. I, I did not there. know that. That's great. She's yeah. born in Mexico. Is she oh, born in Mexico? That's mm-hmm. I don't know if awesome. she's part Mexican. I think she's part Mexican. I just know she's born in Mexico. Let me see. Mexican, Kenyan. It's not that important to the story. Kenyan Mexican actress. Kenyan Mexican actress. Or the... Um. <clears throat> Wait, was that the beginning? Oh no! No, her parents Kenyan. are Kenyan. They're okay, just calling her Kenyan Mexican because she was born in Mexico. She lived in Mexico for a bit. Yeah, yeah. That was our bit of Mexican trivia. Uh, we're trying to get our guy back <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Come back that to us, Mexico man. Yeah, please. Jeez. There you go. We're trying our best to educate ourselves about your country. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> um, that is like let's stay in the house. They even have a backup generator. Keeps on going about the generator. But uh, they decide not to do it because obviously uh, Gabe is not uh, the leader of the group. <laughs> Nobody listens to what he has to say. So okay. they steal the white people's car and they go out. Mm-hmm. Before that, uh, Lupita brutally murders one of the twins who it turns out is not fully dead. Uh, and the kid mm-hmm. sees it, which is an important little part that kind of comes back later. Because you see Lupita in like full-on animal instinct mode very mm-hmm. brutally murdering uh, a teenage girl a child and <laughs> yeah and there's something weird about her the way she screams when she do it, does it you know i don't know guys there's something going on there i think maybe something fishy. maybe something up something might something's might be up something's might be up. I, uh, some ah, some ah, things ah, might ah, be up <laughs> ah, i don't know Words. i think some things might be up that was me being grew from Despicable Me. Oh, oh no. Corals. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh. What does a groove say? Corals. Girl, girls? Oh, girls. Girls? Your dinner is red. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be Steve Carell. We always we were Steve Oh, to Carell. kiss Steve Carell. Oh. What? What do you mean? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to kiss Steve Carell. <laughs> Um, okay, 
This is a Steve Carell podcast now, guys. Welcome back to Fuck <laughs> Steve Carell all day, every day. <laughs> I'm your host, Abby. Uh, and I'm Maché. Um Today we're talking about fucking Steve Carell in Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, anyways. Yeah, so another fun part, um, which I think... I do feel like speaks to the sort of how like a real person would react to being in this insane situation in a horror movie um, is like so they have the car and like the mum is why can't the mum drive? It's Her just, hand is messed up. But, and also Zora really handcuffs. wants to, yeah, so Zora, Zora really wants to drive and it's Zora, a typical teenage thing of you know oh let me drive. It's like no you're not driving. Yeah. It's like let me drive. Zora wants to drive. The dad's the back of the dad's leg was hit so his leg is like broken or at least very sore mm. um, the mum's hands are handcuffed together so Zora's like I should drive um, and then she's just like I have the highest kill count in the family <laughs> um, so it's that kind of funny thing of being like my kill count I like that bit too it's fun and then she kills herself but it's the fake her it's the tethered her she kills her yeah the, the, she runs over her, her tethered with the car and I'm also somehow, Gabe thinking that you know opening the sunroof is a good idea. I'm still like, come on, Gabe, get over yourself. Um, so she's yeah. dead. <laughs> somehow now we are fucking in the third act of the film. Suddenly it's morning. We're on the beach again. Um, the passage of time between those two moments in the story is very confusing to me. That's true. Um, it's also a confusing entrance into the ending of the film, pretty much. Um, because basically what just happened in the film is we had an intro, we had two big fight scenes, and now we're kind of getting done. It's nearly over. Um, it's very sudden. It is very sudden. It's kind of jarring. It's still fun, but it's definitely that moment in the film where you might be like, uh, uh, uh. I would say another thing, um, another moment that like bears like a closer look is when Adelaide gets out of the car and um or Addy when Addy gets out of the car to I guess double check that, that um Umbra's dead, mm. um uh-huh. Zora's double. And they'd mentioned earlier that Umbra when she was born she laughed instead of crying. So she's clearly dying and she's like laughing instead of crying. Um but basically Addy is there and she's like looking at her and she's hushing her. So she's like calming her as she dies as opposed mm-hmm. to maybe like finishing the job which I feel like I would do if someone um, had been trying to kill my daughter. Um, so she's like hushing her and whatever and then when she knows she's dead she goes away. But so in the next um, the next sort of fight or would be fight scene we have it's um, Pluto has just like lit their car on fire and he's standing in front of it clicking um so like mimicking the trick that um that jason had done for him and it's at that point so she kind of goes up to try and talk to him or like negotiate with him or something and jason works out that it's a trap and he sees that there's Mm -hmm. like a line of oil or whatever petrol um coming up to their car and he's got a match in his hand so he's like you know gonna throw that down and everything's gonna go on fire and blow up um so Jason starts to walk backwards because he knows that he can control Pluto. 
So he's walking backwards until he basically gets engulfed in flames. But like while he's doing that, Addie's being like, stop, no. Or And I don't know if she, I don't remember if she's doing it like super loudly, but she's very much like not happy that it's happening. Yeah. Like she's like, yeah. no. Um. So again, it's that like another kind of scene of her like protecting the tethered kids. Yeah. But she does then go and like save her own child. Of course. Because yeah. she notices then that Red has taken Jason. But there was kind of that second where she's just like... The lines are blurred between who is her child. Yeah, she's like, who do I rescue? Yeah. And also in the part where where uh, where Jason is walking back with his armor raised is so creepy. And like, like the Chewbacca mask looks like it's like smiling like maniacally. Mm-hmm. As yeah. he walks back, and it, it, you have that kind of chilling moment of like, you know, oh god, like you no, know, like suddenly now it's the, you know, we've seen a lot of murder, but this is like, you know, the weirdest one, because it's like the child yeah. forcing his doppelganger to kill himself, but yet it it obviously isn't as straightforward as that, and then it's that whole thing of like, you know, this kid is like, you know, what, like eleven at the oldest. You know, and it's it's a very self-awareness that this is what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that's another thing you could say that, that Adelaide is, like, objecting. is like, you know, I don't want all of my family now to have been forced to kill somebody. Jason's already killed someone. Who did Jason kill? Jason killed um, Dahlia, which is Elizabeth yeah, Moss. Thing. Oh, yeah. that is true. Yeah. It's like trophy That thing. is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not but it's not quite the same because they're they're like the other group whereas this is this is more personal because it's their own tethers mm-hmm. it feels very different especially when it is the children it it has a whole other level of like severity to it i think yeah. and again going back to adelaide being you know young at the beginning and all that it all kind of especially now that it's on santa cruz it all just kind of comes full circle so red kidnaps so, um the boy true that is true also run this is just yeah. a fun fact that you know i don't know have you played um um heavy rain is it heavy rain no but i know what it is fun game very fun game yes um i have it but one of the the, the guy one of the guys kids in that film is called jason and jason mm-hmm. keeps getting lost and every t- every time he goes, he he, the, he plays the character and he keeps pushing the buttons to call out for him, and he always just calling out. And yeah, he's like Jason, Jason. and then yeah. I just I just hear that as she's calling it out. It was like the same. It was like Jason, Jason, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I was getting like with that. Um, I don't know if Jordan Peele was aware of that, but I just you know that was fun. <laughs> nah, that's good. I'm sure the guy in Mexico played heavy rain. Right? He's gonna appreciate that. Shout out, one Mexico oh, man. Our Mexico fan. Um, love you wherever you are whether you're listening or not you are a Mexican friend forever we love you forever and ever probably click on this thing by accident Ali takes the kid Um, Mm. the red takes the kid I mean red takes Jason runs to the underground uh, and Ali follows her so she goes again through the attraction on the beach um, she messes up with the owl that scared her when she was a kid, which is kind of cool. Um, and then she kind of goes through the thing, and it turns out that the um, uh, that the mirror room kind of leads to uh, a bunch of different rooms. There's a lot of color things going on there, and a lot of cool shots of her kind of uh, running with the golf club, 
and yeah there's like generally there's like an escalator going down at the end of it and she arrives at a sort of underground tunnel um filled with rabbits um which is kind of cool yeah anyway so um yeah red is in the classroom and uh she's basically gonna dump a bunch of exposition on us and on uh, addy as well um and um yeah so it's a weird bunch of exposition because it's it kind of creates more questions that that it kind of resolves for you it It really does it explains that that they are they call themselves the tethered and they live in the underground i guess all across america and what they do is that there was um, it, it, there's a sort of explanation that it seems that they were cloned at some point that people figured out how to clone themselves or like clone people but they didn't figure out how to clone the soul just the body so there are basically two bodies and one soul so the tethered underground are repeating everything that people uh, on the surface are doing which leads to this weird recreation of what, what Abby was talking about earlier which is the recreation of the first scene we saw in the film with the tethered while Addy is working through walking for the fair and going for all the attractions, the tethered are doing like a weird um, high school surrealist theater uh, interpretation of the same <laughs> yeah. events, which is just weirdly trying to recreate them with weird faces and mimicking stuff and just like worse versions of everything that's going on on the surface, but kind of recreated down, which poses a lot of questions about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and the mythology of this world and how it works is it like there was an underground system across america where everything that happens on surface america happens at the same time underground what we'd yeah, have to assume so yeah, yeah it's, it says something about where did i see it was it in the summer i don't know it was basically like there's a tunnel system underneath america but i also think that there there has to be i feel like it can't be a coincidence of the like tunnels under america because of like lizard people no, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, like the Underground Railroad. I feel like the the kind of similar concept can't be like it's not a coincidence. So there's like the Underground Railroad, where um, which were set up by abolitionists and Harriet Tubman like freed slaves like through like that's how she would like bring mm-hmm. slaves and free them. They'd go underground so they couldn't be seen. Okay. And then there's a weird juxtaposition with this movie where those underground are not free. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing I will say about it is that it feels very much like, you know, 1960s, 1950s sci-fi, like, setup. Yes. Yes, it does. And And visually as well. Yeah, definitely. There's a sort of scrappiness to it that I like. Um... It just, like, thematically makes a lot of sense uh, in terms of the metaphors the films is using. This makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, you don't have to kind of try to logically explain it for it to make sense within the film. Although I think, you know, it's quite jarring that in this pretty, you know, as semi-realistic setup in this film, something like this comes up, which is so clearly um, unexplainable. Like, it's so... Scra- scra- I, I like it it's i like the scrappiness of it but it is so jarringly scrappy that it's just like oh yeah the the, the the tethers are doing everything the same as the people on the surface but it's like all the time some of the time how does it work well, <laughs> there's I, I, so I, many questions it, it's again it's the thing it's like that they have free will but they just they 
they don't have any of the makeups that society has. They have no reason to do anything. So therefore, they yeah. have no reason to do anything different from what the person who has the soul is doing. Because what are they going to do? They got nowhere to go. So, I mean, I think that there's an element of that. But obviously, it's it brings into the the creepier question, like about souls, and then about you know Adelaide versus Red. Yeah. And that that that's the one thing I find harder to uh, match retrospectively, the mm-hmm. the soul question because you have to wonder: is it entirely true that the tethers don't have souls, or if it's something that they just say to like. I don't know, to justify a lot of things. Well, um, I don't know if it's like that they don't have souls rather than, yeah, the soul is shared, as in it's not like they are themselves fully, but that doesn't mean they don't have a soul, right? I mean, the concept of soul is a weird concept, which culturally weird, religiously weird. I don't really like it, but I guess in the... (laughs) I don't don't like the, the whole thinking about a soul. I don't know. It's a weird concept to me. But... Um, but I think in the terms of this, how this film uses it, it's just like the consciousness, right? So like the consciousness mm. is kind of divided between two bodies, I guess, right? That's how we're going to call yeah. it. So, you know, the difference between Red and, and, and Addy is, is purely, you know, it, it, it's a divide that's kind of, well, at this film it's materialized and as in a lot of horror films, you know, horror films materialize something that's going on inside your head, Right. So did you you get two versions of the same character, but uh, like you know, I when you watch the film, I guess what you're supposed to kind of go through was just Addie battling with herself more than anything else. That's it's deep. both her, right? Very so, true. and we um, all have sides of ourselves that are like a darker aspect of the self, whether you necessarily yeah. entertain that or not, and how pro- prominent that is in your daily life. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think, you know, there, that's the other level of this film where it starts also getting interesting. You know, you look at it as a society, you know, from a society's uh, viewpoint, and then you look at it from an individual viewpoint of, like, you have your double and, you know, you share a soul, you have two different bodies, but it's, like, it's still an internal battle that everybody kind of goes through in this film. Um, and I guess the one from Addie is the most pronounced because she's the main character. True. Mm. So yeah, Let then we got politic. a cat fight. We've solved it. Let me come back to Harriet Tubman. Okay, Abby's ready with her Harriet Tubman I've take. drawn the oh. comparison. Go for so, it. So, Harriet Tubman freed slaves via the underground railroads, right? Okay. Yes. Um, she was a black woman, just for extra, just for extra context. She's a very important woman in black American history. Um, mm-hmm. She so in us, Red is technically like the Harriet Tubman figure because she's like freeing all of the tethered from the underground. True. So it's it's the opposite thing, but it's still like the underground was the vehicle for the movement that they're doing. So she's leading all them and freeing all them because she has a soul. Or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, the soul thing is a bit complicated. But so yeah, she's Harriet Tubman. She's leading them. So the underground thing has to be significant and related to slavery and Harriet Tubman. There's no way it's not. Yeah, I like that. 
Yeah, sure. No, I, I definitely think there's a connection. Like, there in a lot of ways in this film, there is a connection with stuff. Totally. <laughs> and, like, exploring them is fun. Everything is connected. The people are connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ideas Sorry, are yeah. connected. Yeah, for sure. Connected. But it's not like Get Out where there's, like, okay. one, you know, clear interpretation that you get out of that. There's a lot of things you can yeah, do. Yeah, get out of it. it. There's one clear interpretation you can get out of it. That's so funny. So Red also explains before we get the cat fight. Red also explains the um, how how she prepared for the rising, like for the uh, for the rebellion, and she says everything had to be perfect. We had to prepare it, and everything had to be fought out perfectly. And I'm like, what did she? What? What is the plan? Like there, there's literally <laughs> no plan at all. <laughs> you guys just came out. <laughs> they had scissors. I think like literally the the only thing that we can interpret as being the plan, as like as as it was relayed to everybody is, get in this cool suit, take yeah, these cool scissors, suit. find the person nice who looks gloves. like you, kill them, hold hands, and then stand together, hold hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, um, it, it's the solidarity standing up and saying. We are taking the our rightful places here, and yeah. you know what? Hey, the other the other half of us is dead anyway. So well, that's and we are doing something that we have decided to do. Yeah, but and I mean, again, it's us. also I think it, I I do think you can kind of be like, listen, it just again comes back to a slavery sort of thing in the sense of like they're all doing what Reds told them to do. Maybe it's okay. not what all of them wanted yeah. to do. So she's leading them to go and do this and just stand there, but like, Bill be quiet <laughs> um you know so red has just become like their master in a way well they and but they all they they she said that they all saw her as their messiah and the person who was going to lead them to their salvation essentially yeah but again it, it, but it yeah. just comes to that thing of like placing another being a person or whatever as like higher than you mm. and yeah i don't know it it it's be it's being given a purpose, and this time it's just a different one, and that's directed by one person. Kind of very dictor- dictatorial, I suppose. Like dictator. Well, she's the only one who can talk, so. Yeah. So like, yeah, who else is gonna lead? Them? Wonder why she can also dance real good. Hmm. Why can she talk? That's a bit. <laughs> how could they understand? <laughs> that's precious. Yeah, how could they understand? Oh, we have to go into ethereal language. Did the police ever come? I never know. No, we never know. know. The police are all dead. You know what I say? Fuck the police. Yeah, yeah, let's stop talking about all the thematic nonsense. Now Lupita Nyong'o fights herself. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) Kicking themselves over the the classroom. And the really Uh, epic remix of I've Got Five on it. She doesn't fight herself. It's It's a choreographed dance fight it's, it's a dance battle there's a dance, dance fight battle the, yeah but it's it's, it's not a dance to, no, it's but great. it's i don't even consider it to be a dance battle like they're dancing with each other mm. like they're, they're dancing doing with each other and then fighting each other and it's a montage and there's five on it playing in the background yeah, but it's they're... like they're dancing with each other so it's Remixed. kind of like it's like dancing dancing with yourself but also like battling with yourself it's kind of like how life be hmm Oh, this is a metaphor for life. There you go, we solved it. Yay, it's a fuck haunt kill original. Jordan Peele, please send the reward (laughs) to uh, Bray. We did it. We finally did it. The main post office in Bray, we'll find it. (laughs) There's like three, but it's fine. We'll find it. More than three. Yeah, it's probably more than three. I can only think of three. 
So uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. From the underground. And then Addy uh, murders Red brutally, um, turning full Very... psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. She starts making animal noises. She chokes her with her handcuffs and then breaks her neck. It's pretty gruesome. I also um, think it's 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 notable that like she choked her with the tether. Like they've been calling it the yeah. tether the whole time, and like that's like particularly poignant. Yeah, tether her to the table. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. So kill her with the turn- whole things that bind her. Hmm. Hmm. It's deep. Dun, dun, oh. dun, dun, dun. And then it's like the tethered night dun, nature dun, dun, dun. comes out dun, dun. suddenly, very loudly, and and visually in Adelaide at that moment. Mm. And we've seen hints of it throughout. Yeah, for pop sure, up. Yeah. But like that's in the moment where it's like suddenly the only the only um, the only thing that could prove that there was anything unusual about Adelaide, that she was any different than anybody else, is dead now. So, oh yeah, she keeps a secret to herself, and in that one moment, she can be herself finally. Just but Megan, wait, wait, people don't know yet. What? No. People don't know yet. Megan, okay, so quickly. What? Jason sees that happen because he's in the locker nearby and he comes out as, 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 as the writer's dying. It? Or, I don't know, he's there anyways in the vicinity okay. and he's kind of scared of his mom. Huh. Because she just murdered herself in a gruesome fashion making noises. Anyways, anyways, they come back up. They go on a trip. And then, oh my god, it's the twist. You've been waiting for it. Uh, a twist! And it turns out you've been Shyamalan. You've been Shyamalan, yeah. boys. It's happening. It's a sh- full-on Shyamalan. It's an old school. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. You're you're back. We're back in the nineties. It's Shyamalan. the nineties. We've been Bruce Shyamalan. Willis. It's Bruce Willis. He was the ghost all along. <gasps> it's Bruce Fight Willis Club. The there was. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right, Megan. Yeah, that's the one rule about Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club because Megan hasn't seen Fight Club. Mike and Beach. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna get there. Do, do, do. So anyway, um, that was the podcast. So anyways, Bruce, yeah. So Bruce Willis was the ghost, mm-hmm. and um, that's why it all happened. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, he created the underground as the ghost, and, and he fucks uh, Demi more, and they make and some pottery, and, and then yeah, they get burst. And, uh, and Whoopi Goldberg says, "You in danger, girl." You in danger, girl. And Harry Joel Osment is fat now, <laughs> and he hates everything. I guess. He's been in Kevin Smith's Tusk, so I'm sure he hates everything now. Oh, no. Uh, Happy. That's sad. Yeah. Sorry, Harry. Sorry, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> um, it was pretty bad, Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith. I'm Sorry, sure Hollywood. At this point. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Anyways. Um, anyway. No, it turns out. Tur- no, guys. Addie went into the mirror room and actually red came out or like the <gasps> other way around because what? actually who's who we don't know but actually the double the tether comes out to the real world instead of addy and addy gets thrown into the underground to live with the tether have you seen that coming yeah probably yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that's probably. why she was that's why she didn't talk when she came back it wasn't that she was traumatized she it's that she talk. didn't know how and that's yeah. why red can talk yeah 
But she's so traumatized that she can't speak properly. She also hasn't really used her voice because no one can... She can't talk to anybody. That's true. Well, the thing about the twist, which is a fairly normal twist that you would see 30 years ago in a film. um, Which I think is why it's so solid, because it was done, I think, very successfully in a modern film. Yeah, I think it's... um, well, clearly, it doesn't have the same effect. Like, I don't know if any like it's it doesn't work good. the same way anymore. Yeah, um, I mean, it's fine. The, the The thing about it is, I'm not really, I'm not a big fan of the twist itself because I don't like twists. But it, it's thematically, I think thematically makes sense to me. You know, thematically, it's like it kind of shows that um, it doesn't really matter where you were born; it's where you grew up and what what your actual environment is that kind of dictates who you are. Or changes who you are, or kind of influences who you are, and the the way the twist makes sense to me because, yeah, it it, it does amplify the point for me a little bit of like, yeah, yeah, it's it doesn't matter that much, you know, who you are, like you know, the the, the people are the same. It's just that the environment changes how you behave and yeah, you know, if your life sucks or not. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's also it's it's interesting because there's like. I've seen certain things that are like, oh, and she, you know, went on with her life and she eventually forgot that she was actually the tethered. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah, I don't buy that either. Um, yeah. But both, the thing is, both could be true. But I don't think that she forgot. I don't think that she gradually remembered. I feel like you can see her make, like, conscious decisions, like eating the strawberries. There's something there. You know, it's, they were fed raw rabbit. So it's either her, like... Because, I mean, strawberries are red and bloody looking. Yeah. So, you know, it's either being like, this is similar to Rob Rabbit. This is familiar. Or it's a thing of, like, being a vegetarian because she had to eat Rob Rabbit and just being like, I'm just going to have strawberries. Yeah. You know, like, so there's a few, like, decisions early on that it's like, I feel like she knew. There's no way also, she didn't, I don't think. Just to say that, strawberries is not a meal. Um, <laughs> is that not what just vegetarians eat strawberries eat? for dinner. What the is fuck that is that? Is that not what vegetarians eat for meals? Wow, no. oh my god, she's only eating like rabbit feet. <gasps> no, then she'd be eating carrots and hay. And lettuce and stuff. And lettuce. Yeah. And having probably a black other fly. Rabbits too. Oh no, don't talk about black fly. And probably having so much sex. There's not enough sex in this movie for the rabbit um, theme to drive home. Theme, yeah. That yeah. is true. And thus, the film is a flop. <laughs> That's the real yeah. reason it failed. Where is the up to get Jordan? You, you know what you need in your next movie, Jordan? You know what you need? You get you, you get the best advice from our podcast here at Fuck on Kill. You need some titties. You need some titties. <laughs> and Willem Dafoe. You need Willem Dafoe's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> and you need Need to put some titties. chud into this. <laughs> chud chud but whip out your chud jordan (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) but but okay this might be the new low actually to 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 bring it back to the whole the the link between uh, adelaide and red um in my in my sources uh which again was jeremiah pamathan yesterday um he he's obviously read a lot more extensively on uh, race. race relations and Americans yeah. than we have, and mm-hmm. um, like a lot of times, like yeah, it's, I mean, it's not an Irish person, therefore I probably don't know an awful lot about it because you know, I I did my degree was all about Irish history and authors, so like if it's outside mm-hmm. of that, 
I'll know a lot less. <laughs> um, yeah. But he was saying that he, it, to him, it striked him a lot as being like from like W.B. Du Bois, um, who is presumably some sort of American author and or philosopher. Um, he had this whole concept of uh, of double consciousness and like mm-hmm. of the marginalized people, like being aware. And it's kind of it's kind of similar to what I was talking about earlier, but like being aware of like that how you see the world is very different to how a white person would see the world, and yeah. then having having the having the double consciousness very literally comes into play in the film, and and with the the soul concept again, that like you know red Adelaide Adelaide red, they're they're the mirror images, and yet like differently to every other tethered down there you know red has experienced life on the surface and she has seen things that they haven't seen and she's able to kind of bring that to them in the hopes that they'll eventually experience it themselves but none of them Mm -hmm. have and in fairness they won't get to experience life in the same way because it's not possible especially from where they've come from and what they've experienced, they won't be able to have it the same way. So I think that that's just, that's very interesting. And I wish I was able to uh, read more into all of this. Uh, And I probably will afterwards. I was going to say, you wish you could, you can. Yeah, no, I wish I could have before, but instead (laughs) I thought maybe I should really watch Get Out. And in fairness, that was faster. That was faster. Well, it's always going to be faster (laughs) to watch it at triple speed. I can't Um, read at triple speed. I just try, but I can't. I can't read at all, so that's true. We're that's true. She can't read, um, but yeah, like I kind of, I, I think I'll, I'll read up on, on this guy and then a few other people, uh, that Parker recommended afterwards because I think, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a level of humanity and and socialism, socialism, mm. yeah, that it's like, it's so different to like European societies even though yeah. obviously there's a lot of leftovers of colonialism across Europe I feel like America has done it so differently and their yeah. society makeup and the way that they built it is so drastically screwed up and again that's all coming up to the surface now definitely um, and like it's it, 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 I think it's just in in, in general it's a, it's a it's a complicated topic obviously and I know that like again like get out is, is much more overtly about these issues um but I think that there's a lot of things like even like at the point in the film where they've killed the the white family's tethers and they're just then sitting at their table discussing their next move and it's like they've literally taken the place of the white family, they've taken the positions of the table where they would sit, they've taken their seats in the white family's home, but it still will never be their home, it never was their home, even if it's similar to where they're from, it's never the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I kind of, I could, I could keep rambling on about it, but it, that's that's kind of what it comes down to eventually, I think. I think, um, yeah, I think we're going to look at us in a few years. Um maybe a while longer but i think us is going to be one of those weird prophetic films that kind of came right before something big happened mm-hmm. um that seemed to be internally connected with that thing happening but somehow happened right before 
you know, like yeah. like Stalker by Tarkovsky happening right before Chernobyl or like a few years before Chernobyl, Ooh. which is so weird to watch now because it's so clearly about Chernobyl, but like <laughs> Chernobyl, the, 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 the thing didn't explode yet. Um, it's like stuff like that, you know, I think it's going to be, I mean, we're going to go back to us in a few years and we're going to, like, I don't know, I think it's impossible, like it was impossible for me to watch it yesterday without thinking about everything that's going on now. It's like, it feels so yeah, for sure. intricately connected to it. Um, and it's about people rising up and it's about you know a takeover of sorts and um well i'm not sure prophetic is the right word because we don't know what's going to happen we're in the middle of the whole thing we're giving a suggestion (laughs) but yeah maybe maybe. new idea america just like one of the suggestions yeah one of the many suggestions we made on this podcast like (laughs) fuck the police and coming straight from the underground but uh, yeah, I think Us is gonna, I don't know, if it's gonna get rediscovered, and I think it might be, um, then yeah, it's gonna have this this weird thing connecting it to what's going on now, a year after the film was released. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think. And I think, you know, it kind of says something about the film that we discussed it in so many different ways, and there's so many things to talk about. And I think, you know, the scrappiness of it and like the, the thing that I think there's no way to fully resolve it. And I don't think it's fully because Jordan is aware of it. I think some of it is because he probably had to write this script fast and probably <laughs> was a lot of, you know, Get Out was such a success and the studio wanted another film. And he was like, oh, yeah, I have this idea. And they were like, do it fast. And they, he wrote the script fast and they made it fast and they gave him a lot of resources. But, you know, it's not as polished as Get Out. Uh, it's this, 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 you know, a very specific second movie thing, but that's great. Who cares? Fucking, it's a movie. Whatever, totally. just go for it. You know. And I like, I do yeah. think it feels like it is part of something bigger. It's not a full thing yeah. by itself. It doesn't feel like it is. Yeah. So that's fine, you know. And that's that's yeah. that's what it is. It's just a different different thing altogether. And it's nice. It's good to talk about it. It's a fun thing film to talk about. I think. Um. And, and it's a so much fun more film to watch. Yeah, yeah, totally. Sure. It was a very fun and then film you, to watch. And then you can read around it and um, educate yourself on a lot more things. Yeah, I think it's, it is it's definitely, as we discussed at the start of the podcast, I wasn't crazy on it. But it is one of those films when you start talking about it, that you're like, hey, there's so many layers. And then you're in, and I'm interested. Hey, we did it. Hey, no, we, did we did it. it. It's like an onion. Then I want to watch it again. I want to read just more like about us. it. She's found more. But I mean, like, there's so much. I mean, like, we didn't even, like, totally go into the, like, the whole thing about the the eleven eleven. The number 11 appears consistently throughout the entire film. Like, even, like, I looked it up afterwards and there were so many places that I'd missed. Like, I'd been jotting it down when I saw it. But it's, like, throughout the entire thing. Um, And, like, that, like, that's fun. Because uh, for the obvious reasons, but then like I'm sure there's a million other ways you could interpret it, and the numbers and their meanings, and you know eleven eleven is also like you know there's four digits, you know, and there was four of them, you know, and like all of that, and there, there's so much, there's so much that you could just dig and dig and dig. I think as well one thing for me that initially I was just like, huh, um, like initially after watching it, I was like, I don't think that it's about race because but now that I think about it it's because Get Out is so blatantly about race and not in a bad way just like it's it's about race um, 
whereas us is like much more subtle but very much about race and the more you look at it it's not necessarily it's not that it's it's not even that it is subtle it's more that it's just like you have to think about it it kind of makes you reevaluate the world around you and the like history and all that kind of stuff that you kind of are just taking for granted and I think it does come down to that thing of like your privilege in your brain you're just like well this is just whatever this is happening but then being like reading more around it and like thinking more about it and talking more about it it's like oh but there are like this is even though it seems like a small thing it's like very connected to race and I think even even though the tethered aren't like all black I think it's significant that like all of the tethered Wilsons of, of them only one of them can speak and she's not even the tethered so it's like black people haven't had a voice in the first place um I think I had a quote from Jordan Peele or not a quote I don't know the quote so to speak um but I had like something that Jordan Peele had said in my head that was like he said something about how he's just gonna hire um black actors to be his main characters um yeah. and like regardless of I guess the subject matter of the film like if it's about race or not he's always gonna hire black actors and I saw like something about people complaining about it and the person like they're like oh well if a white person did that and then someone was like yeah they have been like have you seen a movie yeah that's yeah, what, for that's sure. what Hollywood 100%. is um yeah. so it's like why wouldn't he cast something like people that he like can see himself in um in that kind of way and like having other like black kids black people seeing people that they can relate to in that way um 100%. on screen and like I think that as white people we can kind of disregard the power that that has um and even as like white cisgendered people it's it's a something that we kind of don't we just take completely for granted um there's something else i want to say yeah i i think on that same point i think just to kind of add to that i think there's a lot of power in making a film like this where the main characters are black but yeah i mean then there are racial like you know race context in this film and and the film is definitely about race when you start looking at it but it also doesn't have to be it's also a film about a bunch of people and it kind of happens that they're black yeah and i I think that one thing that i was thinking is that like he while the films that he makes that he casts the people in may not end up being about race i feel like like is this this is a second film he's still early in his like directorial career um, and I think what the world well everything the like current events that are going on today I think shows us that like it'll be a while until he can make a film that isn't about race because it's like it's you know we're not we haven't won yet like there's still so many race issues there's so much racism even if it's like un- like if it's unconscious it's still there somehow and like it's systematic it's not just like it's not just on the surface that like, oh, I don't like these people. It's, you know, there's so many different yeah. layers to it in both in people and in like the systems and governments in place all over the world. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I don't know. I think Jordan can make films about anything, but yeah, probably it's going to see. Yeah, I think somehow. I think he can, but I feel like it's, it's sort of one of those things that like the platform he has, like I can imagine, as I said, like he can make whatever he wants. I'm sure it'll be amazing. But I feel like because of the way the world is today, I do think that like, from his point of view it's like it's a while until he can make something that isn't about race because there's so much to say that hasn't been said like i feel like there's very few like black filmmakers that have 
a platform um, like black creators that have a platform um and i, I think at the even mainstream level at even. the mainstream level that are able to like sell black stories you know like they can have success yeah. but maybe they can't tell the stories of their people exclusively so to speak it's like if you need to be if you want to be accepted commercially it's like you need to tell these stories of these pretty skinny white women or whatever you know what i mean of elizabeth moss mm-hmm. Elizabeth Moss. But like all we're thinking of Grey's Anatomy. Like why are we thinking of Grey's Anatomy? Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Um but one one thing I think as well, like that undoubtedly is something that um Peel has thought about himself, is that like, you know, there you cannot be separated from your identity the moment that you're something else from the default. You know, and like the default person in America, at least, if not most of the world, um, is male and then white. And if you're in a culture where that is the the majority, and even if that's the majority of the the culture you consume, the TV shows you watch, the movies you watch, that's the default. That's what you that's what you take as default. And so you can't separate then your identity from what you create. Because it's there, it's somebody's always going to take it back to you and yourself as a person and as a creator, and that okay, but there has to be some layer of, um, you know, of, of race to this, or like you know, if it's a you know, if it's a, a gay author, it's like oh, there's definitely a, you know, a like queerness layered into this, and you know, it'll it's always come vibe. back to that. Yeah, totally, yeah. it'll always come back to that, and you can't separate it. So I feel like us itself is the representation of that relationship because on the surface, it can be watched and seen and enjoyed as just a straight up horror film. But then you read and you dig deeper into it. And of course, there's there's so much more that can be found there. And you can choose to ignore it if you want. And it's amazing. And it's, you know, it says a lot by itself and is great in the genre. Um, But then putting it in the, in the context of its creator in the context of the time in which it's created you you can't you can't ignore everything else that goes with it but even I when i consider like um like black creators that have um that have a platform that have like a more elevated platform think of like Shonda Rhimes i don't know Shonda Rhimes Shonda full Rimes. filmography or whatever but like think of Shonda Rhimes who made Grey's Anatomy she had to make Grey's Anatomy, which centers on a white woman, before she could make How to Get Away with Murder, which centers on a black woman. True. And mm. like Jordan Peele. So yeah, like think about again, not in the same vein as Shonda Rhimes, but like before Jordan Peele could make these like serious movies that can be seen as like commentary on race, or well, Get Out just is commentary on race. I think both are. Um, but before he could make these things, and before he could get the platform to make them, he had to be doing comedy with um Keegan with Keegan in this sort of I feel like in a way you could see as like a comfortable um vehicle for white Americans to consume black men. Because it's like it's sort of like the the whole minstrel tradition of like um white men dressing up uh, in blackface, like back years back. Um you know, white men dressing up in blackface and like doing entertainment and like being all funny and stuff, which retrospectively is not funny. But um, 
you know, it's that sort of thing of like being in a comfortable thing of like, hey, look, we're just making you laugh. We're just jolly and funny. We don't have any, we don't have, and I mean, they did have like certain sketches that had like commentary on them, but you know what I mean? It's like they're making people laugh in something that's comfortable and he had to be able to do that for years before he was like, I'm going to do this now and shift over it. But only until he had established that was he able to use his platform in a different way. So it's like you need to, you need to um, like satiate white Hollywood before you can. But also, it's in like showing himself to be a non-threatening comedic writer, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like you know pushing away from any stereotypical uh, racial, like insulting stereotypes of black men like being the most like you know it's all funny you know there's nothing serious here and then getting his hands on being able to make a movie and being like okay now now things are getting serious like now you now you're listening to me i'm able to talk and have you listen and talk seriously about it to be fair i think key and peel was also a very hard sell and they probably had to work really hard to get even that off the ground because that, it oh is for sure yeah very uh, very much about race as well even though it's comedic mm-hmm. and totally um yeah so i, I don't know it's, it's also very much targeted towards the black audience i think in a, in they, they did a lot of part. that by themselves anyway at the beginning didn't they i think so because it's like you can do that with a pretty low production yeah um value i think but i think it's just that thing of like being introduced in some way in a mainstream degree. I mean, you know, a, a company used them in their ad campaign. I think before Get Out happened, maybe. Some <laughs> company. Some company. Some today. company out there. Um, but, you know, so it's like being placed into the spotlight in a less intimidating, and again, intimidating being like the the word that would potentially be placed onto them. It's like, putting them into the spotlight in a way that isn't intimidating so that they can then transition to something different. Which yeah. obviously, but it's a, like, a, like a cis white male creator would never have to do. You don't have to jump through those hoops. Yeah. But. Yeah, exactly. It's a, the there's much, there's way more barriers in your way. For sure. I know, but yeah, so it, it is, it's just that thing of like, there, there aren't the same barriers. There's so many more. Like you see those, even like the, the movie industry in America, is quite like this, I would imagine. In Ireland, I feel like it's more so this way. But um, there's this... It's it's always the thing of, like, who you know. And how are you supposed to get use nepotism to get into an industry that you can't see yourself in in the first place? Like, you mm. can't be like, oh, look. Like, Quentin Tarantino could be like, look, there's Steven Spielberg. I don't know. <laughs> Two very similar filmmakers. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Look, we all know that all white men are the same, but we, you know, once we've established that, what do you mean? Um, that like it's like it's easier to achieve something when you can see somebody who's like yourself, yeah, doing it exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that that's the general fight. The for, barriers are always going to there's so many barriers that's that still you not have as a just in general. Your yeah. barrier will be like, oh, I don't believe in myself, but if you look and you're like, hey, that lady's like me, I can do it. Mm. But it's like if you don't see someone who's like you, then it's like, well, that's another barrier because, like, there isn't even someone like me. How am I going to be the first one? Yeah. Maybe there just never will be one. As a white man, you're just like, look. Yeah. My boys. <laughs> there's no... Here's there, the gang. There's no Here's barrier the other than your own personal, like, sense of self and belief 
in yourself. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to a question of, of, of race and, and, and systematic racism like that, it's, <clears throat> it's automatically knowing that, you know, you will be starting at a lower point than everyone who's already there. But at the same time, you have so many more obstacles based off of race that people don't even have to think about or even remotely consider in their day-to-day lives. Exactly. Anyway, <sighs> listen. We've talked yeah. a lot about this um, this excellent film with, with much... Um, Aplomb. Political relevance and, um, you know, there's a lot to it. It's very complicated. It's hard to talk about these things sometimes. Um, so on that subject, uh, Maché, the film Get Out. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the film Us. Mm. Fuck can't kill. All right. So uh, from the film Us, I'm going to fuck. Um... Elizabeth Moss's character. Um, but as the tethered version, so... I don't know, Bat Kitty, I think they call her, like, in the thing. Because she's got lipstick on. She's yeah, Dahlia. So... Dahlia. Like the black Dahlia. Wow. Oh, there was an interesting nice. thing there, but we've I'm talked about too many things, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah. I've written the thing that was interesting. It's probably going to be a two-parter anyway. But, um... <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, I just really want to have sex with Elizabeth Moss. Sorry, that's kind of my answer to this. <laughs> Uh, she's a great actress always have been probably one of my favorites working right now uh, that's it I, I don't know uh, I like the bad version more because there's more acting going on I like her mm-hmm. doing the smile and, and like doing the lipstick I don't know it's something twisted about it it was I a like very sensual scene hmm um, you like the yeah. twisted oh don't tell me I already uh, know <laughs> I like it I like the twisted so yeah, that's that's uh, that's why, that's why fuck. That's what people came here for. I delivered. That's yeah. That's Lightning. the fuck. Lightning. This is what they came for. Lightning. I'm gonna haunt. I'm gonna haunt the guy who's holding out the Jeremiah sign because <laughs> what's that guy up to? Is he up there all the time holding that sign? Why? What's what did his, his bottle look like? Yeah. Is he just there? I don't know. Is there a story behind all of this? I don't know. So I'm this just film there. doesn't I'm have hang a story. That'd be ridiculous. Mm. That's probably true. And uh, I'm gonna kill. Who do I want to kill? Wow, I don't really hate anybody in this film. There's not a lot of people in it. I guess I'm gonna kill. Yeah, I'm gonna kill the the Elizabeth Moss's husband because that's gonna get me closer to Elizabeth Moss. I don't think he'd do much about it anyway. He looks like the kind of guy who would kind of get a drink and watch, maybe. But that's, you know. You're like, I'm tired. Probably safer to kill him. Alright. Hey, Megan. You're you're a special guest on the podcast. It's called Fuck on Kill. Uh, Thank you for being here with us. And now comes the time. Yes, of course. Um, But now comes the time of, you know, of where, of, of the truth. This is the moment of truth. Megan, tell us. Who from the movie Us you would like to fuck, haunt, and kill? So we're assuming that haunt is just someone you want to kind of know more about. It can be you don't so. Have to. You can interpret it however you want. We okay. usually interpret it as a I think this person deserves to suffer or I want Ooh. to observe this person. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Okay. 
Um, uh, I mean, I would definitely have to say, fuck Lupita Nyong'o. Mm. Honestly, I don't think I really mind which one. Both mm. are good choices, to be honest. Yeah. You know, both very good dancers, very mm-hmm. flexible. It's all there, and it's Lupita Nyong'o. There is nothing more that you could want. That's Except true. Willem Dafoe. I don't. I don't know. And here's Willem <laughs> Dafoe. Megan went for the political answer and said, "I don't know." <laughs> to Willem <laughs> Dafoe's penis. <laughs> Abby went right for Willem Dafoe's penis. On the other hand, you bet I did. Repeat on the Yango as the fuck. That's Peter you know, That's great. Definitely. And I, I think if I if I had to pick, I would probably say red and not mm. because I like the bad girl more because you know she gets stuff done you know she organized a lot of people Adelaide spends a lot more time scared you know weak yeah. bitch so I, I kind of you know red red's a lot more you know uh, determined about what she does so I think okay. that that's, yeah let's go with that um, Haunt I I think I would say, if I can say, Ophelia. <laughs> I want okay. to know more Whoa. about the in-universe wow. uh, Siri Alexa character, mm. you know? So you're what... like, infiltrate the, the network. Yeah, like, you know, what kind of questions do they ask her? And, you know, is, is her playing fuck the police just her being, like, passive-aggressive? <laughs> You know, maybe she's like, you know what, this yeah. family sucks. I'm not calling the police. Fuck the police. Maybe she's operated by the tethered. Yeah, who knows? So yeah, I'd, I'd like, I'd like, uh, I'd like to haunt Ophelia. Um, and then kill again. Definitely have to kill Elizabeth Moss's husband. I hate him. He's the worst. And you know, I, I have more respect for the tethered guy because he's funny. Hmm. You know, he does funny, stupid things. It's true. He's a, you know, he's he's still the worst, but he's funnier about it. So, uh, real life cool. Elizabeth Moss's husband, whatever his name is. Does he have a name? Cool. Well, Thanks, Megan. Thanks for looking like... out for me. He has a name. Josh. Josh. Classic. I would kill Josh. Classic. Yay. Yeah. Quiet. 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 All right. Megan, uh, ask Abby. Oh, Abby. Yes. Okay. The movie Us. Yes, I saw it. Fuck, haunt, kill. Huh? I wasn't expecting this question. This is also sudden. I know. Okay, so I'm going to fuck... how many times we made this joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to fuck Gabe. Uh, just because I swear I like him. I think he's funny. And he's handsome. I don't have any... He's pretty um, handsome. I, I think he's pretty handsome, yeah. I have no exciting dis- description. It's very... Um, base level. Something I we didn't fancy discuss him. at all was like, it was real badass when he shot the flare. Oh, that was good, yeah. <laughs> <Real badass. laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, it's yeah. too late to talk about the movie, Megan. I just wanted to, you know, give you some ammunition for your, your sexy fuck man. Oh, ammunition, <laughs> I see. <laughs> My sexy fuck man. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to haunt um, Umbra, just because I think she's cool. Um, and then I'm going to kill, I'm also going to kill Tex. Who is Josh? Is the Tether Josh? You're gonna kill Tether Josh. Yeah, I'm also gonna. His name is Tex. Tex. So I'm also going to kill Elizabeth Banks' tethered husband. 
Basically, we don't like him. That was a three for three. We all (laughs) killed Elizabeth Banks' husband one way or another. I guess we really don't like white men. I hate white men. That's the summary of this episode. That's why there's going to be no other episode, because I'm I'm gone. This is is it. This is me officially just taking over. Uh, I think you should delete the whole recording. <laughs> it's nearly four hours long. Oh no! It is four hours long. Yeah, I don't know. I can already Jesus. sense Matthew ending sorry. his life. <laughs> That's usually Matthew, how it goes. Matthew, one hundred percent, just like I'm not doing this now. Nope. I don't know. Take it back. I don't want a podcast anymore. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> Get the scissors. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that was. Uh, well, that was a great episode. That, that was we just something. Did. Oh my god, that was. An episode. I'm so tired Oof. after all our recording. Ooh, ooh. <sighs> oh my god, that crazy. Was, uh, that was something. Megan, how are you feeling? Feeling pretty exhausted. Oh, yeah. that's fair. We do it. Imagine having. Every week. Imagine having to do it every week. That's crazy. I feel worse for Matt. Jay. He has to do it twice. I feel worse for for myself because I have to put up with Mache. Oh no, mm. Mache! Yeah. You don't deserve this That's treatment. Me. I know. Hey Megan, you want to start a podcast? <gasps> yeah. No. Oh, this is actually more? the spoiler alert was really that this was Abby's last episode on the podcast. No. <gasps> Finally, Jesus Christ, it happened. Yes. No. Bye, Abby. Finally, it's not me being bullied, but somebody else. Yeah. No. Goodbye, sister. <laughs> we miss you. I'm not getting with this. What What's our podcast about, Megan? Um, being stupid and annoying. Ha ha ha. We're also gonna talk about film, but we're not gonna talk about horror film. Okay. And that's it. That's that's my. Plan. All right, well, we just gotta talk about film. Yeah, what, that's my name brother. of our podcast. It's bye bye, M&Ms. Abby. I got it. M and M's. I like that. M&Ms. And then the tagline is "Bye bye, Abby." No, bye-bye. Yeah. I deserve to be heard. You have been very heard. Pat, pat, pat. Please sign the petition if you want me to stay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, put up a poll. Put up a poll. Mache? No. That's no. On your Instagram story, put up a poll. No. And say, we don't have enough engaged people for that. This is the see the thing is that you think <laughs> you don't. From Mexico. You think you don't, but then suddenly, <laughs> when a hundred percent of people want to keep me instead of you, then you'd be no. like, "Guess we had engagement." Okay, now thank you for that. Was the second part? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Next week, we're gonna talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Woo, musical. Woo, okay. we're doing another Some musical music. episode. Are you okay. going to sing? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do the whole thing in song. I'm excited. I'll definitely tune in for that one. Yay! Can you still sing Frankfurter's first song? Or that's really outdated. Is this still okay? Sweet Transvestite. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it's still a product okay? of its time. Yeah. I think yeah. I think the thing is, is that and it came from a queer space. Yeah. yeah, it's like the, 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 the feel like, you know, the, the message of the song is still okay, right? It's yeah. like it's just the think, wording is kind of outdated. Yeah, I think it's also it comes down to the, the, the words are all like there's so many different terminologies. I think some people would still use the word transvestite to refer to oh, themselves. Okay. And it's okay when you're referring to yourself, but not okay if you're using yeah, exactly. yeah. We see because I believe that my understanding of the word transvestite and I, I mean, 
I'm sure I'll have done much more reading on this for the next episode. But um, my understanding of it is that it's someone who dresses up as uh, a woman, or I guess also a man, but I think it's generally a woman, like someone who dresses up as the opposite sex, but isn't like doesn't want to be the opposite sex. Transvest. So it's it's mm. not transgender. It's it's oh, very it's different. It's it's a Trans-vest. I don't know. You're changing your. Vest. I mean, yeah, vest. Vest is a. It's a word for clothes. Yeah, we'll be like uh, in French, vêtement is clothes. Cool. So vest. I'm sure there's some kind of Latin. etymology. Yeah. Etymological. <laughs> etymological. <laughs> Etymolo- um, etymology. So here was your taste of next there's week's episode. There's some words. Words in there. <laughs> there are words next in the world. Next week will be slightly more researched. Uh, slightly more research, and unfortunately, Megan's not going to be there, except if she wants to be, and no. then she's definitely invited. Slight, uh, no, she's not. Vote slightly, on the poll now. Slightly more researched, just as stupid. Have a nice time. Don't get coronavirus. Wash your hands. Thank um, you, Megan, be for being nice on the show again. Thank Thanks, you guys Megan. again for having me. I had a great time. Thanks, Mache. Thanks, Thanks Abby. Thanks, Harvey. Moon. Thank you, Sun. Good night, Moon. Bye. 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 I'm gonna beat you up next time I see you. Oh, that's a that's a really terrible thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm